drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. It is picked up by the line. Darius Slade's got it. Coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30. Darius at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo, caught, touchdown to Cornelius, Marvin Jones. Drink it in, drink it in. Touchdown to Cornelius. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Detroit Kool-Aid, what is going on, everybody? We are back, and we are hitting you up with a Friday show. We are back here on Friday. We've got the one and only Grifka, who, again, has just opened a Twitter account. You can get at him. You can send your hate tweets. I don't know if he'll get back to you. He's checking it out at Grifka DKC. Check him out. Grifka, that was like a Nate Burleson-type intro I sort of gave you without all your other accolades. What's going on, buddy? Here, just for you, since you, you said I didn't do it last week. TGIF. There you go. Thank you. The people love it. Um, man, Grifka, we had a, lot, a good show last time. We talked about all types of news and notes, lots of things going on with the Lions, you know, um, GM and coach down at the, uh, you know, uh, what is it? Basically the owners' meetings down in Arizona. You know, we had some player movement, stuff like that. We did some crazy uh, new rule suggestions by one of our listeners. I thought that was fun. We're back here today. I mean, what do you got news and notes-wise, or what's happening with our Lions this week, man? It'll probably be another week heading to the draft. Um, you know me. Little things that uh, other teams try to do to the Lions irks me. They just tweaks my nose, and you said it bugs me, where you usually don't put too much stock in it. Happen to see that story, but once again, the Eagles were kind of like all him and Han and all wishy washy and all like kind of like kind of you know moaning about how the Lions always get a Lions and the Cowboys get Thanksgiving Day games and it's not fair and they're trying to take away the Lions one. You know, me once again, it's like Philadelphia, who are you guys? Yeah, you guys won a Super Bowl, yeah, pat yourselves on the back, whatever, but you're still Philadelphia, okay? Shut up, you know, you guys that you, know, you guys had the opportunity to play on Thanksgiving a long dang time ago. You didn't want to do it. Detroit started to increase increase um, attendance, and they stuck with it. So now teams are like, well, this is popular. We want to take it from Detroit and Dallas. What do you think about this? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it's a good one right off the top, Griff. I mean, 
what did you say something about your nose? I, I mean, was that a was that a reference from like the fifties or? Well, you're gonna tell me I'm using that cliche wrong too? <laughs> <laughs> what was it again? I gotta hear it. Because you, you know nobody that says it, and you never use it, but I say it wrong. <laughs> say it again. I, I I've never. Uh, what? You've never tweaked somebody's nose before? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. But oh man, that's another classic for the people. So thank you for that, Jim. Um, like get, getting back to your question, man. I think uh, you know, like you say, the uh, Eagles. Some of these teams, man, they just think the owners' meetings is their time to uh, get some shine or to come up with some crazy thought they had for the last year or so. I mean, I don't get it. Everybody knows Turkey Day is Lions. Cowboys that's what it is that's what it should always be you know they even added that Thursday game and people still aren't happy it's kind of like you know it deserves a Grifka whatever you know what I mean but um you know I I didn't think too much of this I knew this was going to uh torque your nose or whatever you said it's gonna just get after you like it always does because you just hate this kind of stuff and uh yeah I it won't happen it's not gonna happen and uh I didn't think too much of it yeah, like, like I said, my biggest thing is it's always like, well, the Lions aren't popular like us. It gives them guys an advantage, and it shows what the Lions' record overall through all their games are a few games under 500. But, you know, once again, Philadelphia, we won a Super Bowl. We're, we're a big, bad team now. It's just like, you know, sorry, Philadelphia. Yeah, you guys won a Super Bowl. Yeah, congratulations. But your fans are morons. I, I, I hate it. You know, it's just one of those things where, like, Eagles fans, like, they're knowledgeable. No, they're not. They're jerks, Okay. That's what they're, they're jerks. Your jerk doesn't make you guys knowledgeable about sports, okay? You, you, you treat all you treat all your players like garbage if they're not, you know, producing like all stars in any one of your sports. So you know we can boo them or whatever. It's like shut up, Philadelphia. Get out of here, Philadelphia. You still ain't Dallas in your in your conference. You're still not the Giants. Heck, you're not even the Redskins. This is your way of trying to get your name back on the map because you guys were terrible last year or whatever, and you guys lost your quarterback Nick Foles. So get out of here. Whatever, Philadelphia. <laughs> Griffith, you did say one thing that we can't overlook. Uh, they did just win a Super Bowl. Uh, that's kind of important, and they are a pretty good sports city. But I like your fireman. I like the rant. And like you said, anybody that's coming after our Thanksgiving game, we got a problem. Detroit versus everybody. You know how we do. And uh, like you say, we got no time for this Philly, um, you know, all those other cities that want what we got, which is Thanksgiving, football, turkey, one of the greatest traditions of all time. Exactly. So, you got anything else before we move on? I don't, Grifka. We've, uh, you know, we're recording here, um, kind of looking, keeping our eye out to see if Bobby Quinn is going to pull something for the draft uh, as our time of recording. Uh, not any other big news that I can think of. So, let's go ahead and dive into uh, see what you got this week, man. What do you got for me? Cause, uh, well, once again, the draft come up, and I know uh, last week we talked about a lot of prospects. And, you know, you always see that story about uh, you have to give like a draft year, you know, roughly about three years before you can really tell if it was a good draft or not. See if the guys that panned out. So I thought about doing that this week. I mean, it's getting to that um, time where um, these guys have played at least three years. So we're going to look at the uh, 2016 draft. So they played the 2016 year, the 2017 year and the 2018 year. So we, we know what these guys are, what, what these guys should be about at this point. Um, so I just want to kind of revisit that draft, talk about the players we got, where we got them, maybe some guys that uh, were taken in the relative same area, you know, after the Lions made their pick that 
you know, we could have used and your thoughts on that. Um, how about we do that? You want, is this something you're interested in? Grifka, I am down. Uh, the only thing is we've had our draft battles where you give me no credit for all the uh, time, effort, years I've put in recently to the draft. I get after you because I think you put on Mel Kuyper on loop and then want to tell me, or you watch one game of a player and you want to tell me what's going down. So what I did, Grifka, when I knew you were going to do this topic is I pulled up my 2016 draft sheet, which you want to know why I created this draft sheet, Grifka? You want to know why? So you have, uh, this can be in uh, the, the, the records somewhere that this is what you said about guys? <laughs> the reason I pulled it up, Griff, because of guys like you and plenty of my other buddies who have this revisionist history. Oh, I knew he wasn't good. I didn't like him ever. So I said, let me get this on paper. So for probably the last five years or so, every draft, what I do is I got a spreadsheet. And when the Lions are on the clock, I take a player with who's available, what the team looks like that year, who I would take kind of as the GM at that time. Now, as I've told you in the past, I'm not trying to stand up here and say, man, I nail, I got all these all pros and everything like that. But I have legitimately who I would take. And then after the draft is over, so before they have camps and all this stuff comes out in the media, I do a little write-up of what I thought of the pick, the player, that type of thing. And uh, it's interesting stuff, man. It's so interesting to go back. And I know like, couple of my other buddies do it as well and so we can really keep each other accountable it's super fun so when i knew you wanted to talk about this i was like let me pull this sheet out and give this to the people so they can see what i was thinking what i wrote at the time and also know that hey man i don't get them all right nobody does but it's super fun to look back so yeah let's do this okay so once again we're back to the 2016 draft the lines are actually sitting at number 16 they had a pretty decent year the year before that's why we're picking 16 and with that pick the Lions took Taylor Decker. What did you think about that pick, and where do you think he's at right now? Griff, but don't say it like Taylor Decker. He was he was decent on the board. We needed the position, and he's been a pretty good football player. I know you act like he's an absolute scrub over there, which he's not. So let me give you my take at the time. So I also just put a quick letter grade the day of. So I graded this as a B-plus pick when we made it. What I wrote about Decker is I put year after year, I want us to address O-line and the trenches. So I can't knock this pick. It's a safe pick and has little bus factor. And I like his versatility. Decker must play left tackle for the majority of his career at a pretty high level though, to justify this pick long-term. So that's kind of what I said about Decker. Now, before you respond to that, let me give you who I would have taken and in that draft, I mean, this is a guy I really liked. I thought he fit a position in need, but he hasn't really done a ton yet in the NFL. Again, it's only a few years later he's had some injuries. But in that draft, that pick, I would have taken Shaq Lawson, defensive end, um, Clemson, I believe. This is what I wrote about him real quick. I put, I put a premium on defensive end, left tackle, and corner in the first round, and Lawson seemed like the best player at a premium position when the Lions were on the clock. I also felt I could get an OT in round two or maybe even later in the draft. Lawson is said to have some injury concerns, but I think he's a great 4-3 fit to play uh, on the other side of Ziggy, Griffith's favorite player, which I didn't know how much he loved him back then. And I was pretty sure that Ogba wouldn't fall to round two as he was my other favorite DN in the draft. We have... uh, 
we have no one right now at the other defensive end position, but if Devin Taylor, there's a name from the past, Grifka surprises and plays consistent all year, that would be great and make up uh, for passing on Shaq. So those were my takes, man, real time, three-plus years ago. Yeah, those are good takes. I uh, Reading your take and you going over it about Taylor Decker, um, once again, like you said, must play the majority of his career at a pretty high level to justify the pick. Um, yeah, and, and uh, when they took the pick, I was like, yeah, okay, you know, we need a left tackle. I'm okay with it. No, you know, no big deal. Uh, the B plus grade, I would have to agree with you on the uh, on the day of the draft, the B plus grade. But um, as of right now, I would say that that pick is probably just a C. Once again, you know my take. I think he's just Jeff Backus. So, uh, um, and you're uh, Shaq Lawson. Uh, that, you know, once again, good pick right there. And uh, once again, I'm, I I like to uh, put premium on defense as well. But uh, like you said, we could have got Shaq Lawson with the pick. He went number 19 to Buffalo. Um, a couple other guys who went shortly after that. Uh, was it uh, Ryan Kelly, uh, the center out of Alabama? He went number 18 to Indianapolis. And uh, was it uh, Deron Lee, the linebacker out of Ohio State, went number 20 to the Jets. And um, uh, were you, like any of those three guys I just brought up, would you rather have them on the team at this point now as opposed to uh, Taylor Decker? Who, who was that first guy again? Shaq Lawson. You said Shaq Lawson, Kelly, and uh, uh, and and Lee, the linebacker that we saw with the pick six against uh, Matt Stafford last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, I no, I uh, like I said, I already said maybe I'd taken Lawson, but um, you know. Kelly is a great player. He's just been really hurt too. I think he's been healthy recently a little bit more and he's, he's good. We knew he was good, but I think, uh, you know, it just, it just wasn't as much as a value there. So I've been pretty happy with Taylor Decker. I mean, people act like I know pro football focus put out a thing recently that, you know, his passing grades have really been pretty good. It's just his run grade wasn't that good this past year, and he's had that shoulder injury. But, you know, I think you're underselling how he's been as a player. The Lions always look for a guy like him to play on the offensive line. He fits a lot of the size and character type things that they look for. So, you know, I think he's been a really solid. I heard something from Bucky Brooks and Daniel Jeremiah. They said, you know, you win in the draft by hitting doubles. And I feel like, you know, Taylor Decker – first round at a position they needed and that's premium it was a double if not better in my opinion so i'm happy with it okay he's, he's got to be a little bit better no doubt jeff backus um for the second pick we are sitting at number 46 we took your boy a sean got a sean number two um Right off the bat, I just want to say I was so happy when they got this guy. I thought they would look at him in the first round, and for him to fall to the second round and get him in the second round, I was ecstatic with this pick. I really was. And uh, I was so happy they got him, and I would take he's – I think he's produced very well. We talked about this um, at the beginning of last year during training camp. Maybe him getting benched um, kind of lit a fire under him because as the season went on, I thought he was – Real, real dominant. So uh, right now I'm giving this guy with his the grade on draft day A right now where he's at. I'd probably say I don't think he's reached his full potential yet, so I'm going to give him B plus. What was your take on him and how you feel about him now? All right, well, real quick before I get to A, Sean, um, 
I gotta do what I do, Griff. But one of my gimmicks on the show is I sell you out to the people and sort of pull back the curtain so they can see what's true. So I know when I started this spreadsheet, like we try to get you involved. I think you did like the first year where you sent in maybe like your first and second rounder. But after that, for some reason, you got busy. I think it's maybe because uh, that's all Mel Kuyper had on his little uh, magazine for you and you didn't know. But I believe in this draft, like you wanted a Sean at number 16 you really wanted him uh mid first round that was your guy when he slid to the second they took him of course you were happy because you got him a whole round later than than you thought i mean am i totally wrong on this or does this sound somewhat familiar no that's exactly what i just said so (laughs) okay sounds familiar because i said it uh 30 seconds ago All right, perfect. So again, I man, I wish I had your picks because I would love to go over those. But like I said, I'll give my uh, thing to the people. Uh, might as well just run through these at least for the first two or three picks. So um, on on the day of, I gave this an A. I thought it was it was good value. Might as well read my actual written thing that's been locked in since the day it was picked. So I put a uh, getting. Uh, I didn't know if I said it this way then, but I'll say this now: getting a shout in the second round was nice. Um, but part of me doesn't like spending high picks on DTs like we have done so much the past few years. Um, I put uh, just the guy's appearance slash look alone, though, makes me think he could possibly be great slash nasty Detroit type DT. Kimbo Slice called and said he wants his look back. I, I, like the, <laughs> I like the program he's coming from and can't really complain when we were able to wait and get him in the second round. So that was my take on Aishan. Now, let me give the people again, um, you know, uh, be fun if we look at some other drafts of picks I made, good, bad, and otherwise. But in the second round here, following up on what I wrote the first round with Shaq, I said I wanted to wait and see if I get a left tackle in the second round. Man, I love this guy in the draft. I thought he slipped a little farther. I thought it was great value. I would have taken Jason Spriggs um, right here, left tackle. I was so happy when he was there. I could put him on my sheet. Um, This is what I wrote. I put, I was really hoping he'd be there in round two, and luckily he was. I would have run the card up to the podium and been very happy with a left tackle and a DE in the first two rounds. Spriggs seems to uh, be projected as one of the best pure left tackles in this draft. The Packers traded up to get him soon after, so we will have to deal with him in the division for years to come. I sure hope this doesn't come back to bite us. And what's funny to look back is it hasn't. Jason Spriggs has continued to sort of have injuries. I think in the last year or so he did start to play more, and he's played decently well. I don't have all of his stuff in front of me, but he had the size and the upside, I thought, to be a really nice passing uh protector left tackle and so far he has not you know he's kind of been a um not a bust but a a disappointment over there we'll have to see what he does the next year or two but after three years i'd say that's a miss there on mine but uh man i loved it at the time yeah so let's uh couple guys i like your take on that especially the ashawn one that's great because like i said he was boy especially the kimbo slice one that's funny but uh, a couple guys that got drafted uh, relatively in the same area after him. Um, latest one, uh, Von Bell, the safety out of Ohio State, went to New Orleans at 61. Deion Jones, the linebacker out of LSU, went to Atlanta at number 52. And uh, 
this guy, Michael Thomas, the wide receiver out of OSU, went to New Orleans right at 47. Any of those guys I just named, would you rather have on the team than uh, Aishon? Um, well, I'll be quick on it. I mean, I, I I know it's revision. You might think it's revisionist history, but, um, you know, I I can't really remember because when I'm doing this, I'm trying to, like, fit for the Lions, and I don't know that, you know, we're looking for safety or different positions then, but I did like Von Bell. Um, I had taken Michael Thomas in a lot of mock drafts. He was falling, like, in these mocks I was doing. So, like, the third, fourth round, I was able to snag him, and I thought I had read good things. I thought he was a good player from, you know, measurable perspective, height, and all that type of stuff, athleticism. Uh, Who was the guy in the middle you mentioned? Oh, Deion Jones. Man, I liked him a lot, too. Uh, Crazy speed coming from a a good program. He was on my radar, but – yeah, I don't think so. I think we really needed a defensive end, a left tackle, um, and that's sort of what I took. So uh, I, I wouldn't say I would have taken them, but um, those were three players I, I liked. And, they, man, you know, at least Jones and Michael Thomas have really panned out. Von Bell's been a little bit, uh, you know, hit or miss. But, again, some of these guys are starting to come around after a year or two of injuries. So you just got to s- still give it a little more time. But uh, that's my take on those guys. You know, when I was uh, looking at this back afterwards to see who was taken relatively close after that, and I saw Michael Thomas and Deion Jones, my eyes kept my eyes popped. I'm like, wow. You know, I would I would take those guys either. But you're right, having Aishon on the team the way he played, where I think is upside where he's going, I'm I'm happy with that pick. You know, I'm not I'm not. Don't get me wrong, Michael Thomas is is great, and like you said, Deion Jones, that guy can just motor around the field. But uh, I'm happy with Aishon. And real quick, Michael Thomas wasn't a guy that when they picked him, everybody was like, oh, this guy's going to be a top five receiver. You know, he just had some upside and was coming from Ohio State and and whatnot. But there was only a few people that really had him as kind of like a draft sleeper type of guy. And he's just played great since he got in the league. So some of this you can't look back and say, oh, I we should have or I wish I would have because not many people were banging the drum for him at that point. Yeah. Now, in the third round, we were at 95, and this this happened to be one of the compensatory picks. I'm not quite for sure who we lost to be able to get this pick, but at number 95, we took uh, Graham Glasgow out of Michigan. Uh, how did you feel about this pick? Well, um, you know, this was a guy, he's a local guy from Michigan. He was definitely on my radar. I, I rated it a C at the time. I put, uh, I put this. Uh, felt they reached here as I had him a round or two later. Um, the positives is that Glasgow can solidify the center position. I would definitely love this pick a lot more um, if he does so. Uh, Stafford needs a center that can make proper calls and, and uh, help with the protections because Swanee doesn't seem uh, like he can do it. And number nine needs all the help he can get uh, to reach his full potential as a quarterback. Glasgow is smart, has better size, and hopefully has more nasty than Swanson. Uh, has showed I don't mind the player as much as I mind the spot you took him. Again, another safe, safe, safe pick by Bobby Quinns in his first draft. Now, it's funny, if you look back at that, Chris guy kept saying, hey, we've got a center, play him at center, this, that, and the other. If you if you recall, like, they brought him in, they played him, I want to say, left guard. It was either left or right. I want to say it was left right off the get-go. Yeah, they just have a 
a propensity to do that, I guess. They put him at left guard and kind of tried to make that work, and now he's moved over to center and seems much more comfortable and better. So they probably wasted a year or two there kind of jacking around, moving him and, and leaving Swanson where he was. But, uh, yeah, I definitely saw him as a center. I just saw him more in that fourth, maybe early fifth round at, at a better value. Um, so that was my take on Glasgow. Now my pick here. Again, this is kind of a miss due to injury, and not sure this guy will ever show up big in the NFL. But like I say, you got to nail your third rounders, and I'm not sure I did it here. But man, at the time, I love the value. Andrew Billings, a big old DT, a plug up the middle, almost like a how Snacks is now, uh, just a big run defender. Uh, this is what I wrote. Everything I saw had Billings in the first round as a talent. No injury concerns. Big athletic uh, for his size and a run stuffer. Thought he could learn great with Nada back only for another year. I know the NFL doesn't like two-down players anymore, but not everyone can play the run and rush the passer all game long. You need a DT that stuffs the run, and from what I read, Billings can still uh, rush up the field a little bit. He really... Uh, fell down the board, but I feel, or I think, he would uh, he would have been a good value here in the third. I would have been fine with a DE, a left tackle, and a DT in the first three rounds. Again, that's me trying to lay out kind of the positions, but you always got to take kind of the best guy available or good values. And then I put uh, similar to what the Lions actually did by addressing the trenches, but I just think um, my picks were at more premium spots and pretty good values for each spot. Uh, with me, with Glasgow, like you said, it's just that was a safe pick. I I, I think that, um, he's solid. He, I don't believe he's going to be like a pro bowler. Um, not one of the, you know, the top five, six centers ever in the game. Um, but uh, he, he seems like he, he calls out, uh, he knows how to call out the defense, uh, you know, who pick up the blitz, things like that. But he just seems like, He's he's just a solid center. I mean, he's he's not outstanding by any stretch of the imagination. So, I mean, myself with this grade, I would give it at the day of the draft. I gave it a C. This right here, I'd give it a C. Still, I, I think that's kind of how I feel about Graham Glasgow. So, um, in the fourth round at uh, one eleven, uh, we got Miles Killebrew. Uh, myself, when we got this pick, I was I was pretty happy about it. You know, uh, it was one of those things you seen stuff heard stuff about him he was he was a hitter guy liked to come up and you know stuff to run he was pretty good you know on covering pass um it was one of those things that we thought you know with uh the way the safeties were they're getting a little long in the tooth he would step in there i was i was hoping this guy was gonna you know be big things for this team and um i i pretty much was given this uh i was given this uh draft right here probably like an a minus where they got him because i really like this guy um how would you feel about him yeah, Killbrew, I mean, after the third round, you know, I don't I don't really have exact grades, but I mean, I remember my overall feeling was uh you know, I I liked what I had read about the player again, you know, kind of early to mid fourth round, you know, eh, a little early, but he he was a runner, a hitter, that type of thing. Uh, another guy that just really hasn't lived up to what our hopes were for him. You know, hasn't found his role, just kind of a special teamer. So again, the fourth round you know, sometimes you do get these role players, but, you know, would have hoped for more from Killebrew, no doubt. Yeah. Um, just a couple guys that were drafted shortly thereafter, Killebrew. I mean, uh, one guy that kind of stood out was Malcolm Mitchell. 
I, I kind of liked him out of Georgia as well. I mean, I realize he just retired with his knee injury. But um, Willie Henry, defense tackle out of Michigan, was taken at 132. Dak Prescott was taken by uh, Dallas at 135. So, uh, Miles Killebrew, I mean, we obviously didn't need Dak Prescott. Willie Henry, I mean, they just took Aishon, so I couldn't see him, you know, doubling up there. And like I said, maybe Malcolm Mitchell, but um, his injury um, really put his uh, career, you know, brought it to an end. So, Miles Killebrew, hopefully, I, I don't know if he'll be with the team at the uh, end of training camp this year. So, Yeah, I uh, this is what I preach, though, Grifka, about third, fourth round, about they're still super valuable. You know, even if you just find these guys that at least stick on your team for – you know, one or two contracts, it does really make a difference. So uh, it's fun. We're going through this and then everybody that's listening, look forward to like this year. Um, Cause this is back in 16, the last couple of years, you know, I've done the full every pick for the lions. So definitely after this draft, we'll have kind of every pick that I would have made with a, I'll try to do a little write up on every pick uh, this year too. So we can uh, see that maybe with uh, mine and Grifka's grades as well. So it'd be fun to look forward to that. Okay. Um, in the fifth round, we had a couple picks. We'll, uh, go through these real quick at yep. 151 we had joe Dahl, um and at uh 169 it was a pick that uh, we traded and it was a trade that we acquired from uh, denver we got antoine williams uh, antoine williams that linebacker out of uh, georgia southern um obviously antoine williams is no longer with the team um i, I can't remember if he made the team out of training camp but uh, joe Dahl still hanging around um any thoughts on joe Dahl, or is this kind of like ho-hum uh, yes, this whole home. I mean, a uh, uh, fifth, sixth round, you know, seventh. It's it's a bit tough to find studs. It does happen every year. But uh, I remember Antoine Williams didn't know much about him when they took him, but got really excited about what I read after the fact and thought, man, this guy's big. He's athletic. Maybe he can be a good uh, middle slash uh, tackling type linebacker. It just never worked out. So, you know, Joe Dahl, he's just uh, – extra body in there in the inside he's never mounted too much either so kind of two misses sort of for for Bobby Quinn and, and I think he even traded up for Antoine so that was tough that that didn't work out but uh yeah just trying to find people here in the later rounds yeah, and just uh going through uh guys drafted a note shortly thereafter uh, at 165 Kansas City took Tyreek Hill wide receiver out of West Alabama so uh mm-hmm. I think everybody would take Tyreek Hill uh, over Joe Dahl right now um, sixth, uh, sixth round, the Lions had three picks at number 191, and they took Jake Rudock. At uh, 202, this was, this pick was from Seattle. It was Anthony Zettel. And then uh, we also had at 110, we had a compensatory pick, and that was uh, Jimmy Landis, the long snapper. Um, these three picks, I was, um, you know, thought they would just be like Jake Rudock. I was kind of excited. Okay, I don't think he'll be the starter, be a decent backup. Anthony Zettel, um, seen him play a lot at Penn State, uh, him being from uh, West Branch also. I was kind of excited, happy for him more so than like, wow, we got, you know, Anthony Zettel. And then uh, <laughs> taking a long slapper, a long slapper, exactly, long snapper, I was just like, okay, why why would you take that guy? So sixth round for me with the Lions was just very uh, ho-hum, yeah, okay, uh, okay, we got three more guys. What, what, any of those picks that you liked or you were happy with on draft day? Uh, no, and it's frustrating to look back because you got three sixth rounders and you just get basically absolutely nothing. I mean, very quickly, you know, I remember people calling me up about Anthony Zettel and, you know, I know some people from West Branch. I know that was a good story, but I was kind of like, ah, 
you know, I just didn't see it, you know, and then he came out and played better than expected. You were like, oh, man, this guy's a hard worker. He's making plays. So I thought he was going to be like a meat and potatoes backup type D lineman that we could move around. And he sort of washed out a little bit. Jake Rudock, you know, like you agree with you. I thought he could be a decent backup, kind of that gym rat type of guy that never really seemed to pan out. And the, the long snapper to me was odd, but it was like, Mulebach was getting so old. I thought it was a power play just to say, like, hey, we're not going to keep around the old guard, so they just got a new snapper, and we're going to move on to sort of a new new part of the team that had been around forever. But like you say, Mulebach, man, death taxes and Don Mulebach, he, uh, he's here. He does his job. There's no real reason. I mean, you're going to have to replace him at some point. But Bob Quinn... You don't draft a long snapper, you don't draft him in the sixth, and you don't draft them to replace one of the best snappers, I guess, of all time. So it was odd, and none of those worked out. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the last pick of the Lions draft for uh, 2016, we had in the seventh round, was at number 236, and it was Dwayne Washington, uh, the running back. Uh, uh, this one, when they drafted him, didn't know too much about him, but uh, we saw a lot of him in training camp, and uh, he stuck around for a couple of years. Always thought the guy ran hard. It always seemed like he had decent speed, you know. And uh, I'm surprised he just couldn't stick with the team. Um, what do you think about Dwayne Washington? Uh, I'm with you. I uh, didn't know he wasn't really on my radar, but when I read up soon after, I was like, "Man, this guy's a great size, great athleticism." They said he could catch, and then he came out and showed flashes. I was like, "Oh man, I." the big Hughes will testify. I was always kind of rooting for D wash as I called him and thought, man, this guy's big. He's athletic. He should be good. And then next thing you know, he just couldn't find a hole or couldn't run the way you need to in the NFL. So just ended up being nothing. So, man, disappointing Griff could rounds four through seven, not much to show for it here for Bobby Quinn. So, um, that's tough. Let's put it this way. At this point, after three years, like you said, usually you have to wait about three years to tell a draft and you would grade it. Looking back at this draft right now, just kind of looking at the guys who just kind of did a little uh, synopsis of everyone, what would you give the, dra- the their draft grade now with these guys? How would it pan out? Uh, I mean, just off the top of my head, I'm going to go with a flat C just because you got a starting left tackle, a starting defender, and a guy that's been a starter from day one on your O-line in the middle as well. So if you can get like good NFL starters in the first three rounds and then maybe get some supplemental players in rounds four, five, and maybe six, I mean, that ends up being a good draft. So top three were pretty much fine. The uh, the later rounds kind of some total misses. So it's going to put it at an average C, maybe even a C minus, just because I think you got to hit on those four, five at least. It's really have a, a good to quality draft. And, and Bob Quinn didn't do it here. Yeah, that's like I would say. I would say agree more with you, like your C minus. Now I realize what you know. Half the picks are technically still on the team. If you want to, like we talked about Miles Caleb and Joe Dahl, they might have a short lifespan this year with training camp. But the bottom half of the draft is all gone. And um, you know how I feel about Taylor Decker. I think he's average. But Ashawn's the stud, and Graham Glasgow, he's he's solid. But um. Yeah, I would lean more of more of toward a C minus with this draft. I mean, like you said, we have three starters, but uh, I mean, the like our left tackle is not a stud, and Graham Glasgow is solid. So it's kind of how I feel about the 2016 draft. 
Grifka, before we move on and finish the show, will you please say Aishon's name with some respect, please? Aishon. Okay, thank you. I don't want him coming after you. I got to, like, protect you from, from Aishon. So go ahead. Like I said before, I wouldn't want to meet this guy in a, in a well-lit alley in the middle of the day, let alone a dark alley at night. No. Okay, is there anything else you want to touch base with? I only got one more thing. Uh, anything else you want to talk about before I do this one last uh, little uh, little uh, post? I'm good, man. Just want to give you credit. Two weeks in a row, you brought some good content and uh, good good ideas, and I thought it was fun to review that draft, and I'm so glad I got all this stuff written down. Uh, that was fun to, to not only go through it, but kind of re-see my own uh, takes and picks. Uh, I, bet, I bet the people sort of enjoyed that. So, good stuff, man. Go ahead and hit your final thing, and then we'll get up out of here. Okay. Um, once again, uh, as all the uh, Lion li- Lions fan listeners on here know, I've been a Lions fan for an awful long time now, and uh, Lions lost one of their own uh, late last week, and that was uh, Michael Kofer. And he was one of those linebackers that was on the team, and I liked him when I was a kid. He played on the Lions teams when there was a lot of lean years there in the 80s and uh, mid to late 80s, and he was probably the best linebacker on that team until they got Chris Spielman. I mean, he was, you know, just a little background. I mean, there's a third-round pick out of Tennessee. I mean, he only ended up making one Pro Bowl with the team, you know, but he was number 55, and one of the things I really liked about him, if you can go back and find some old pictures, is what he would do is that the way he would tape his fingers, he would just take little strips of, of, of athletic tape and tape, you know, between the knuckles, you know, the, 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 the part of the fingers between the knuckles, you know, underneath the, the nail and your middle knuckle. And he did that on all of his hands. And I just remember that as a kid. I always thought that was so cool. It was like one of those things like when I'd go play backyard football with my friends, like we didn't have athletic tape around my house. But we always had masking tape. So uh, I'd do that with masking tape because I just thought it looked cool. Not that I was trying to emulate Michael Kofer, but uh, um, I always liked, always thought that look, looked pretty cool. But uh, Michael Kofer, if go back and check out some of his highlights. The guy was a beast. I mean, I mean it was 6'5", 250 pounds. And he could run. And like I said, for a lot of – he was the best linebacker on the team in a lot of lean years. And I was pretty sad when I saw that come through. I was just kind of cruising through Facebook, and I saw that. And I read the story about how uh, his son plays on the Florida State basketball team. And he's missing the tournament right now due to an injury. But after after the game, after Florida State's victory, um, his son got the call, you know, tell him that his dad passed away. So my heart went out to him. And um, it's just one of those guys uh, – you know, you know, Derek always talks about, you know, endeared to the city, blue, blue collar worker. Michael Kofer was that guy. He was one of those, one of those guys, like I said, one of the better players on some lean team. So Michael Kofer coming from one Lions fan, true blue, long time. You will be missed. Nice. Well, I appreciate you doing that, Grifka. I always joke sort of on the show that like uh, you've been a Lions fan longer than I've been alive or that you bring our demo down with uh, age wise, but I know there's so many like diehard lions fans out there, young, old, whatever. So I love it when you sort of throw it back to, uh, um, you know, the, the classic Lions days when they were going in and out of the playoffs every other year. And <clears throat> I always kind of learn from you from that perspective, but I know, uh, I think you'll find it out if you, uh, once you kind of get rolling with Twitter, that there's so many incredible Lions fans and, and people that will totally remember that name, that player, and they'll bring back memories. Uh, you kind of, uh, tribute, uh, that you gave to him right there, which is kind of cool. So really appreciate that, man. Like I say, uh, sorry to see that loss for his family. And, uh, like I say, 
Lions, uh, Detroit Kool-Aid, we're all one big family uh, as fans of this football team. So appreciate you doing that, man. Good stuff. Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate uh, just a couple minutes to uh, talk about that. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, sounds good. Well, uh, like you say, everybody, thank you so much. We had uh, we turned back the clock on this episode to 2016. Uh, Grifka, you know, we always kid about, yeah, it does take a few years to grade a draft. So Grifka actually brought it up. We kind of graded and looked back at a, at a draft as we head to the 2019 draft here. Um, super excited about that. So that was fun. Um, talked about some other Lions topics. And, uh, man, we'll be back um next week and i also want to tell uh the people we don't want to totally tease this but grifka we may have our first guest uh we've had chuck dog on here we've had the big hughes but i'm talking about a guest outside of our other buddies possibly somebody that come in here and drop some real knowledge about the nfl draft the detroit lions he's just a a huge uh you know, an expert in the area, just a great uh, person to talk to. So we're really hoping that comes together for one of our shows next week, you know, see what happens, but that'd be exciting. And yeah, uh, other looking forward to that, man. You, you got me tell tease up when you told me about it. So yeah, man, uh, hopefully uh, schedules and everything works out. We'll make that happen. But um, if you want to know who it is and what they got to say, you got to tune in next week. And uh, we just thank everybody for the support and please, uh, please hit that subscribe button and check us out. But the final thing, Grifka, we want to know. You got anything else for the people before we get out of here? Uh, nope. Perfect. Well, thank you, everybody. Uh, we always love uh, ending the show that way and having a bunch of fun. But uh, can't wait to uh, less than probably 25-ish days until the NFL draft or so. So we're super pumped. Uh, we'll be back here with all types of new content. I'm sure there will be some new things happening with our Lions next week. And uh, we are no doubt going to talk all about this draft and get it all figured out before we get to draft day. So with all that being said, thanks, Grifka, everybody out there. We'll check you next week right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. Drink it in, man.